Hey everyone, it's Josh. Welcome to this part of the um, two-part special, I guess, on unpacking anxiety. As you may have heard, we unpacked a journal article. Um, we did a bit of commentary on how um, to communicate information on that, as well as looking at a resource that was handed to us by a friend of ours. Part two is going to be answering some of the questions and topics that we have had about anxiety and our own experiences with it. So we hope you enjoy. Is there anything else before we sort of wrap up this half of the episode? No, I think we're good. Okay. We move on to questions. Oh, do, 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 oh do, 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 we have, we asked questions throughout the last week and I've gathered some from friends near and far um, in the past about anxiety. So which one do you want to start with first? Because I feel like there are some here that will segue well into one another. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to pick one that's kind of general, the like types of anxiety. Oh, okay. Just so that maybe we get the ball rolling on kind of de- kind of definitions. Okay. And then we move on to okay. the other questions. Yeah. Yeah. Type of, types of anxiety is interesting. Yeah. Because then we go into social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Social, that's social interactions. Um, you've got general anxiety, you've got general anxiety, which is what we talked about. That article was looking at people mm, who were diagnosed with general GAD. anxiety disorder, mm. which is you know general worriness. Mm. We call it like worrying. Yeah. About this. Yeah. Mm. Um, what other anxiety is there? There's, There's phobias. So like yeah. Yeah, arachnophobia or any phobia that's yeah. like an, an anxiety. That's a form of anxiety, yeah. yeah. But then you also get into like professional anxiety, work-related anxieties as well. Yeah. Um, there's, there's this is interesting actually because we're talking t- types of anxieties. I've been like listing off like DSM, which is DSM stuff. Diagnostic Statistics Manual. manual. Yes. But then there's also just like general like other anxieties that you would feel like you said like work anxiety mm. or anxiety around family yes oh which is like the feelings of anxiety yes yeah but then there's also again the, there's the medically the like diagnosable, diagnosable stuff ones, which um ocd also falls into to the diagnosable that is right. anxieties that is right yeah um does seasonal affective disorder follow I no because that is the that's sure. depression, right? yeah, and yeah. that's sort of the thing. We before we before we started recording, we were like, "There's a question about here is like, you know, what are the allies of anxiety?" And I'm thinking, mm. depression, yeah, depression, uh, BFFs for life. They, yeah, they never <laughs> let go of each other. No, they don't. I mean, they love each other. Literature and research has shown us that if you are diagnosed with one you have a very big chance of being having the other anyway mm. as a comorbidity because they yeah. often come in hand in hand yeah. and it's a negative feedback cycle between both of them yeah like if you get anxious if you stay anxious for a long period of time that's what makes it diagnosable i guess mm-hmm. then it starts affecting other other parts of your life then you feel sad and you get into a depressive spiral. Yeah. Then it just feeds. Yeah, off and then each you other. feel anxious because you are all you know, you feel sad a lot and, you yes. feel, and then you feel anxious about that and then it yeah. feeds back into the anxiety. Yeah. And then yeah. And then the cycle. Oh dear, the cycle never ends. It doesn't end. No. But like you said, there is a difference between diagnosable and um the emotion the feeling of anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. Which is 
in my head, it's always been that everyone feels the feeling or the emotion of anxiety、yeah. to some degree. Mm, 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 mm. And then the diagnosable one is when you fit the DSM criteria, which, from memory, is if it affects the functionality of your life. So it affects work, it affects family in a way that. Is almost crippling.、Mm-hmm. Then that is when it can be diagnosed for like six months or something, right? It's for a sustained period. Then there of time. is a time. Yeah, there's always time frames with the DSM. So if it's for that sustained number of、mm. months,、mm-hmm. and it can be diagnosable, and then that's when I guess from there you can you know yeah get your medication and I guess with diagnosing it just helps in terms of、um, what was I going to say like funding like if you need to、mm-hmm. get particular funding or like. Like our、oh, benefits、uh, in terms, yeah, of, like benefits, yeah, yeah, they, some, medical subsidies and whatnot, yeah, yeah, they mostly look for an, a diagnosis before、mm. you can, yeah. So I guess that's how that helps.、Mm. But yeah, but yeah, on the other side is the feeling of anxiety, which I think everyone feels to a degree.、Mm-hmm. Just depends on what triggers that for you, yeah, as a person,、mm. yeah. And I think I put here. Like how how does it manifest?、Mm. How would you? Okay, I I'm going to put this out there as a general statement. I feel like we both have had our relationships with anxiety for the longest period of time. Yes. <laughs> um, um, I actually put a dot point here. We'll, we'll unpack that in a second. But manifestations of anxiety,、um, for me, that can entail either being. Like getting really cold hands,、mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. trembling tends to be some depends sometimes.、Mm. Um, it's also happened、um, in the past where I will wake up in the middle of the night for no reason, yeah, or can't go to sleep.、Oh, okay. Right, so your sleep pattern gets disturbed. Disturbed sleep patterns, like I was. I will try and sleep at 11 p.m. and cannot get to sleep. Yeah. Or I'll wake up at 3 a.m. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. I don't know why I'll wake up 3 a.m. And then are you just like awake? I'm like I'm I'm cognizant. I'm like、wow. aware. Like yeah. yeah. I'm genuinely awake, and I'm like yeah. Well, shit. What do we do now? <laughs> what, what now? I want to go back to sleep, please. <laughs> yeah. Brain, can you stop? Um, that's one of those things.、Mm-hmm. Or um, aversion is a big mood. Yeah, just avoidance. Honestly, that is a big mood. That is a big, also social anxiety big mood. And it and the thing is, it feeds because it's like、mm. you know you avoid. Say you're anxious to go to party, you avoid it. You feel great because you're at home and you're、yes. avoiding it, so you do it again because、yeah. it feels great. Yeah, and yeah, it just、oh, feeds also, that cycle. What What is another thing that used to happen a lot is conflict aversion. Oh, what oh, anxiety、okay. around conflict? Okay, so you would just try and、uh, avoid, avoid it. conflict.、Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah. workplace conflict or academic based conflict. Yeah, that was such a whoo. That was not a great time. Yeah, because it does affect your outlook on things. So yeah, it's one of those things. And、yeah. then when a conflict comes around, like when you can't avoid it, it's so it's tricky like, well, to well, manage.、Uh, <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah.、Um, what other manifestations do you, have you had? I guess with your relationship. Yeah, I think a lot of them are similar. The cold hands one, man. That's like when、oh. I. That's like the peak. Like I know that I. I、oh. can't actually take this. Like I will start sweating like cold hands, and it, yeah, and a lot of my like. Do you get nausea、are. as well? Actually, no. I haven't gotten nausea as one of them. I felt. I felt. 
not super nauseous. Yeah. I will say I felt lightheaded at times. Oh, yeah. yeah, I feel like throwing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is a genuine mood. Yeah. Um, that's almost, do you think that's kind of your peak? Like when you think that's, you yeah, know, your levels yeah, yeah, yeah. are almost when a I 10. Am, yeah, yeah. Because that is like physical, physical manifestations of like being uneasy yeah like your body in its survival it's, mode is yeah, like it's like i don't want to <laughs> do be something. here yeah um or well what do i do now yeah those sorts of two things like, yeah heartbeat is also one for me oh, when mm, that's like mm, almost mm. a level 10 a swell like I remember, heartbeat. yeah i remember for the uni group interviews man i hate group interviews no you see, they freaked oh. me out my heart was be- dude so really? fast i swear it was like something was gonna happen do you know what was wor- oh bad. <laughs> this will segue in real nice but i actually had I was less nervous about the group interview. Oh, then when I you was had more solo. nervous about the solo interview. Yeah, and I, I love solo interviews. But when there's other people, you know, you get the whole like, okay, I need to say something now because oh, all these oh. people have already said something. Group contributions. Oh, <laughs> it makes, ah. I feel anxious now thinking, <laughs> thinking about it. But oh, yeah, yeah, the heart beating really fast. Mm. And then also it manifests in irritable mood like an irritable oh, mood oh yeah yeah that happens like if too. i'm anxious and i'm around other people like especially people i'm really close to and i feel comfortable with uh-huh. like i will be i'll be really irritable and i'm like why am i so irritable and it's because i'm my mind's thinking about something else that i'm a little bit worried about mm-hmm. and i can't necessarily um focus on being you know social yeah socially there and present yeah. so i'm like yeah snap <laughs> oh yeah no come to think of it i get very annoyed yeah. I have a depends on yeah in certain situations and also it's important to acknowledge like context as well. Yeah. Because different manifestations of anxiety can happen in different contexts. Yeah. So like work contexts and school contexts, um, social contexts as well. Yeah. But also feelings of anxiety can happen around events like now. Like I'm sure there will be a lot of people that will agree with um, the statement that everyone feels anxious right now. Yeah. Um, also, like a feeling of uncertainty. Yeah, that's mm. what I think a lot of what the COVID anxiety is around mm. is uncertainty. And that, of course, like us as, pe- us as humans want to know what's going on and be in control. Yes. So take that off us and we're like, we feel anxious. Mm. Yeah. But um, in terms of social anxiety, there is a dot point there. Yeah. Childhood manifestations of anxiety. Yeah. Um, there is a there is a thing that I've put there that I'm sure many people have heard when they were a child is that, oh, they're just shy. Mm. That is like, are they anxious or are they shy? <laughs> I mean, I would I would say that shyness is anxiety in mm. a way. Mm. Um, from a developmental point of view, yeah. when children are not exposed to other networks, other people that are um, things, very okay to not be as open or as welcoming to those new stimulus, right? Yeah. You're talking about meeting your, let's say you're going with your parents, you go meet their, like, friends from work or friends from church or people you um, who who they've known for years, mm. like old uni friends. And then um, they, you know, you go pay them a visit and it's like, oh, this is my child. Mm. The child from, if you look at this from a developmental point of view, would automatically, I guess, gravitate more towards their parent in terms of safety. Yeah. Right. 
If they have like a secure attachment, yes, depends on the attachment. Yeah, it depends on the attachment and what they feel like. But I think the statement "oh, they're just shy" is a is a huge thing in terms of anxiety because they can. I would say that they are lumped together.、Mm. Others might say differently.、Mm. Um, but as a child, it's very hard to split those things apart. Yeah, definitely. I don't know enough about it because all I'm going on is, I guess, my own experience. Oh、but、yeah, same. Yeah, in my head, I'm like, I don't know if they're one and the same, or if it, or if you can exist separately. I、mm. guess it could go on to the next point. Well, like, say if a child is very introverted and just enjoys, you know, it, their own company.、Mm-hmm. You know, like the, that, and then you know that kind of makes them seem shy. But does it mean they're feeling anxious? anxious? Yeah. Or are they just really like, I just love being by myself.、Mm. Like I don't really want to be speaking to y'all.、Right、and、now. I mean, that's the other thing is that language plays such an important role、um, in in allowing us to understand as、mm. as humans overall. But particularly when we're bringing this into a professional mental health context. It's very hard to understand what a child is thinking if they do not have the language to verbalize it. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things is why we don't, you know, we're relying on our own experiences when we talk about shyness and anxiety. So it's very hard to tell the difference if the、yeah. child is not able to say that I am, I don't feel anxious. Um, it's just not me. Like I just prefer to be alone.、Mm. Like I can make friends. That's okay. Yeah. But I just I prefer, prefer to being alone. being alone. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Or、really、I、scary. am like deathly terrified of meeting other people. Yeah. Right. Or then there's a the one of it could be the same thing, which I think is what I fell into was that I、mm. was really socially anxious as a kid, and then but that meant I also liked being alone because of that.、That's, yeah. Because it meant that I didn't feel anxious when I was by myself, and <laughs> so. I really enjoyed being alone, but I was also really anxious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of other stuff, you know,、um, attachment stuff that is related to that. Yeah.、Um, in terms of a child, but I think when we get older, as we grow older, it it may still continue to be a thing、mm. for some people.、Mm. For others, it will just evolve into other manifestations. Hence, why I brought up、yeah. the whole aversion thing or avoidance thing. Yeah. Conflict avoidance. Yeah, and conflict aversion, which happens you know. when you're a bit older, and you or just、understand. in general, like risk aversion. Yeah, yeah. If you if you're afraid of, you know, that's when you brought up phobias and whatnot and phobics. Yeah. Um, but also afraid of doing certain things because X, Y, Z. Yeah. That is a form of anxiety. Yeah. You know,、definitely. and it, you know, it's very, it's normal to feel that way. I、mm. think if that's if that's all you've ever known,、mm. then how can we? Say that it's not normal for you. Yeah. You know, the other t- point that we brought up is what is your baseline? What is what、yeah. is the average baseline of anxiety? Yeah, because I think that was from me wondering、mm. if there's people out there that feel a low level of anxiety all the time. All the time, yeah. And then、mm. it's like, and then that's where we're kind of like, what what's a low level? Like, what is baseline? Yeah, what, what is <laughs> low? What is high? And then it's like, it's different for everyone. <laughs> Because you could feel anxious all, like really highly anxious all the time, and that's、mm-hmm. just your average. Yep. Because if you feel it all the time, it just be- feels like an average or a normal amount.、Mm. Which is、yeah. interesting,、mm-hmm. and I guess it changes over time as well. Like if we're、oh, talking、yeah. childhood to adulthood, and like context and situations, it's、mm. it's always fluctuating. Yeah. In both, yeah, I guess in both 
diagnosable and just feelings of anxiety mm-hmm. or feelings mm-hmm. of anxiety yeah yeah i think we've covered the whole like why do we get it <laughs> just um, why by the way there's a point that, <laughs> there's just, a, that there's says a just point. why i don't know they just gave me that response it's like just why just why um i would say that is a normal um psychological and physiological response to anything that is not normal yeah i would say that's a very normal response yeah it's like survival expected response survival fight flight or fright yeah because your body will give you the the anxiety cues because this may be something it doesn't feel comfortable with and that's survival yes um but then i guess it can also stem from stuff like like we talked about secure attachments mm-hmm. with yeah with a primary caregiver and there's also like trauma as well so there yeah. are stuff that can um, there's experiences in, in in life that can maybe intensify anxiety mm-hmm. or make it really specialized to a certain thing that you feel anxious about mm-hmm. um, but if we if we if we you know assume secure um, attachment and no trauma then yeah. it's it's a survival thing first and foremost. Well, I guess so. For, I guess when you go through trauma, it just amplifies the survivalness of it all. You know, like it amplifies mm. anxiety for the sake of survival. Because when you go through trauma, your body just wants to survive mm-hmm. through it. So, yeah, I think maybe I want to modify my <laughs> I want to modify okay. my answer. Sure. It's survival. <laughs> it all comes it is back a survival to mechanism. your brain wanting to survive. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely true. It, it is it is a survival mechanism. Yeah. I was thinking, I was going back to like manifestations of anxiety. Um, when we were talking about risk aversion, I'm just scenario wise, mm. first date anxiety. Just just putting it out there, right? <laughs> or relationship anxiety. My heart beats really fast. That's <laughs> <laughs> level 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. I'm, that is another scenario where you would feel yeah you're deathly anxious I yeah would um, definitely especially if you if your anxiety is more around the social side of things or if you've been put into a scenario that is just something you're not comfortable with yeah wingman and wing women oh right yeah <laughs> kind of thrown blind date bus, so Ooh, blind date sort of stuff yeah I, oh i do Ooh, i would be really really anxious with, for a blind date like, i think i would I just just know. avoid it at all costs yeah like, i need to know something like yeah you need to give me details i can't just not yeah um, but see yeah. the thing is is excite some people like there's some people that's where the their thing anxiety is that we've there yeah, for and, that. yeah. Mm, mm, and that's the thing is like um chemically speaking neurologically speaking like anxiety and excitement anxiety arousal are very very similar yes i'm so glad you brought that up because that just came to my mind too and when someone told that to me i was like wow and then it kind of makes you reframe and think like am i am i anxious or am i just excited excited? Mm -hmm. because it manifests quite similarly like the heartbeats really fast get a bit sweaty (laughs) it's kind of of the same it is kind of the same thing but it's like i guess for me it's like if it's anxiety it's like i'm i'm worried about something something is worrying Mm. me and Mm -hmm. then the excitement is more just like oh like i can't i'm really excited essentially yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so interesting it is it is a very interesting thing to you know think about is the when you're talking about it from a neuro like biological um lens of looking at the base elements of what makes a person anxious and yeah. 
and or aroused or excited. They're essentially the same chemical components. Mm. It's just a lens in which it is being manifested. Yeah, the context and how you perceive mm. it. Yeah. 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 And we know that during the COVID-19 pandemic, everyone is feeling that. And we, we you know, we touched on it before is like because of this level of uncertainty, everyone is feeling anxious and mm. to be fair that is also what i think we're going through as well is that we because we don't know what's going to happen yeah um to be fair yeah it it is it is something that also impacts us like personally but also professionally yeah like how do we and I, this is something that came up in discussions i've had with um the other clinic students is um you know, as counsellors, there is a certain expectation for us to remain stoic um, or to remain neutral in a way. Mm. Um, but on the flip side of that is we are open and transparent about what we're feeling, what we're doing. Yeah. So it is okay for us to acknowledge that we are anxious about what is going on because it normalises things for people and makes it makes them feel confident in a way, I think. Yeah. That, oh, okay, even even therapists are going through this yeah. with a certain degree of anxiety or anxiousness. Yeah, definitely. And it, mm. it won't put us... And then, like, I guess it um, lowers the power differential because if they look at us and think, oh, wow, like, They're this anxiety doesn't touch this counsellor, then it just puts us on such a pedestal mm. that, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't be comfortable being on that sort of pedestal. Mm. Yeah. And... Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the other dot points He's that we're out. here. There's a yeah. Um, I mean, we will return to them obviously, but there's a question here about like, is it so anxiety if you get panic attacks but not frequently? Mm. Well, when you get panic, when you get a panic attack, you are feeling anxious mm. about something because that's a manifestation of anxiety, mm-hmm. and. So I guess I don't know if this question is asking if it's diagnosable anxiety or just anxiety in I general. I don't know, yeah. But if you're asking if it's diagnosable, then again with the DSM, it, I don't have it up now. But I think you have to have panic attacks. There's a there's a like a time frequency frame or thing, frequency yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if we're just talking anxiety in general, what I think it is is that panic attack is a is a manifestation a of anxiety. Mm. So I'd you're anxious you. about something. Yeah. Yeah. And in that moment, I think it is difficult for you as the person who is experiencing the panic to identify what what is making you feel that. Mm. Um, that might be the next step is like, okay, so it's not frequently. So when it does mm, happen, like what is going know, around yeah. in your life that mm. when it is triggered mm. um, and then, yeah, maybe there's a there's something there that you can learn what is triggering it mm. or who is triggering it. Yeah, could yeah. be, could be. Um, I'll ask this question because it's happened to me. Secondhand anxiety. Secondhand anxiety? Yes. Ooh, explain. <laughs> this is something that happens to me quite often as a high empathy person, is I will get anxious for other people who are oh, experiencing anxiety. Yes. That's my frame of mind when, it, when I talk about secondhand anxiety. Is that yeah. It's not my problem, but I've yeah. internalized it because I care about this person. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's something really interesting to talk about on a personal and professional level. Yes, because you'll deal with because it professionally not just yeah, your friends and family, but also but yeah, yeah clients. Yeah, yeah, it's like how do I not? It's not that I don't want to. In a professional context, it's different. I so think. Are you talking about it on a personal? In a, on a personal level, yeah, it's okay. very hard to be to not want to take that on board as well. Yeah. Um, because there's attachment or the relationship about this, you know, with these people mm. is is something that you value and therefore it's 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 normal. Mm. Yeah. Secondhand anxiety for me is one of those big things is like I can't shake this. Yeah. So the way I manage it is by telling you telling the person or other people that yes, this is happening. That you feel that yeah. anxiety yeah. about yeah, this situation. Worry for you and yeah. your situation. Yeah. And how do you think that helps you with the second I've, Oh, with... What do you mean? With like, the second-hand anxiety? Like, how does it help you with the second-hand... You I said think it helps if you tell them. For me, it helps. Yeah. Right? Is that... Um, but then we'll get to the other cycle that happens. Yeah. Um, for me, I would say it helps because then I have told them and it is... My my intention with that is to reassure them that I'm okay with oh, okay. holding it. Yeah. That it is not affecting me um, to an extent that it impacts me negatively. Okay. Yeah. It is something that I, I've come to be okay with. Yeah. Okay. Um, at a personal level. Yeah. But we get to the other cycle is, mm-hmm. does that burden that person or people? Mm. right that is a concern of mine as well Mm. um and i think the the response to that is if my intention of telling them and i think if i'm very open and honest with that at a personal level Mm. is that i would hope that they do not see it as a burden. yeah i think that yeah initially that cycle was there that is not there anymore for me yeah because the relationship between myself and the other party or the party is, you know, it's it's at a level in which it, there is a lot of trust. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. But on a professional level. Yeah. How is it? It is. It level? has not is happened it? yet, mm. I think, for me as a professional. Yeah. But I can, I think I will be more aware of it. And that's where we talk about supervision and we'll yeah. unpack supervision, I think, in its own special episode. Yeah, we should. Mm. Um, but that's the sort of thing that I worry about is what if I'm internalizing? And I think we'll come to this is, you know, maybe it's because this client is the same from this, a very, very similar background. Therefore, I will um, elicit the same reaction or a similar reaction to what they're going through, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's what we talk about, like isomorphic or parallel processes. Yeah, it kind of relates to them. So therefore, that what you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. The relatability or the similarity between mm-hmm. your my lived experience and the client's lived experience mm-hmm. um, is similar enough in terms of social or cultural ideas. Yeah. Therefore, you will you are generally going to react the same way to mm. the same stimulus that's why the client is presenting, mm. right? Second anxiety in a professional context for me has I don't think has happened, mm. but I think that what has helped with that 
it might have happened, I think, with um, a client before, but what has helped is because of the framework that we have been given, Yeah, it has allowed me to not buy into the secondhand anxiety. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to segue straight into like how do we manage it not just professionally but also personally good segue (laughs) yes because when we talked about the angst arousal sort of um venn diagram or the commonality between them is that i try now actively depending on the context um especially in a professional context i think as students in clinic doing placement Mm. <laughs> you naturally get anxious about mm. the people that oh, you, yeah. you might see. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure this also happens in a professional context. It's I try now to channel that um, feeling of nervousness or that anxiety, right? And channel it to a curiosity mindset. Oh, okay, yeah. And like an excite, enthusiastic curiosity mindset. Right, yeah. Right? You're excited for the client to come and share the story with you. Yeah. And change that worry reframe it and push it to your you know that foundational sort of thing Mm. with clients like it's giving you energy to be Mm. there Mm. rather than like anxious energy it's like you try and reframe it as excited energy yeah yeah for it that's a really good way of putting it i think that's how i do it for in a professional sense anyway because i do as an introvert who also you know experiences a lot of anxiety High five right yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. it's like working with people every day um i do feel this weird like i feel anxious right but then i what i like to say is it's adrenaline like yeah my heart's beating really fast this is adrenaline to get me through the day yeah to be able to be present and active with um the young people that i work with mm-hmm. and then that's how yeah that's how i've been reframing it this mm-hmm. is the energy that um, that is it's giving me mm-hmm. so i guess yeah i don't necessarily think it's anxiety anymore as it's just like my body is giving me extra energy because yeah. usually i'm just like usually low like very chill energy mm-hmm. yeah, but you need a high energy to work with young people so it's like my body is feeding me this yes. so that I can keep up with them mm-hmm. and then yeah and then rest later so that's it from a professional yeah. point of view but in terms of personal mm, this is what different. are some of the what are the things that you do yeah. to manage it because I'm not going to say you can ever eliminate anxiety that's yeah. sort of the same thing that I you know made a note of um, when we were critiquing the um, study before, is that I don't think you can ever get rid of anxiety. Mm. I think you're able to manage it and reframe it in a way that you're, you know, to your own advantage. Yeah. So, yeah. Personally. Yeah. Personally, um, because I'm usually around other people mm-hmm. so when i feel it with other people i will normally just tell them mm-hmm. which is nice now that i have i guess the comfortability to do that mm-hmm. because then it kind of like you said like you know when you get the secondhand anxiety and then you tell the other person like i'm getting it and it makes you feel a little bit better because it's out in the open yeah that's how i manage it but if it's like really intense internal anxiety and it's just me by myself mm-hmm. i will normally just <laughs> just put like trash tv on 
That's actually oh. how I manage it. So like, I know this is very contextualized. So this means like I'm already at home. Yes. I'm already in the safety of my own room mm. and house. Mm. Then I can go and watch trash TV. Yeah. And or do something that kind of keeps my mind off it. Yeah. But if we say like personal and I'm not in the safety of my own home, mm. breathing actually really works. Like I know that people like roll their eyes and you're like, <laughs> oh, deep belly breathing. Yeah. But it's like, honestly, I've... It really helps me, and I do teach the young people that as well because, like, it it's something that um, on a physiological level, you're breathing to let the air and the or the carbon dioxide out of your body, mm-hmm. which is actually going to be decreasing the the symptoms of anxiety, like the heartbeat and the sweaty palms, because you're yeah. pushing um, CO two out of your body, and mm. it's keeping that regulation happening yeah so yeah there's a few different strategies all very context related depends where you where i am when mm. i'm feeling it yeah. yeah i'd say that's sort of a similar thing that i do now um if it's if it if i'm at home and i'm anxious either i will hop on group chats that i'm in or um go on youtube <laughs> and just find like not not necessarily calming videos mm. <laughs> it means like videos that make me elicit a certain reaction like you know if you go to gameplay videos um watch it for you know laugh along or go find some oh what are those you know those thai in thai insurance adverts the ones that make you cry oh no <laughs> oh mate you should show me some later oh yeah 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 we'll definitely explore those <laughs> because those are a mood um you know, find something that elicits a certain reaction if it if I need to cry or get, you know, if that's how I have to release the anxiety, um, I'll find some way of doing that. Mm. Otherwise, yeah, group chat, like talking to people, like, yeah. Um, but if I'm not at home, it's a lot harder. Yeah. If it's in a, if we're talking social context or if it's, you know, work, academic related context the deep breathing works and i've yeah yeah i've done that for a while um other contexts if i cannot shake the anxiety Mm. um i will tend to go um well when when you used to be able to go to um, places in brisbane like uh queensland art gallery goma the library yeah or powerhouse yeah um just places that for me to focus on something else or focus on I have found um, for the longest time that art has helped a lot Mm. either me doing something Mm. um, creative or going to galleries and just looking and immersing oneself in in that yeah I find has been a powerful release yeah Um, and I'm sure there are lots of other ways of doing it people play music yeah exercise actually one that i do because it takes a lot of time as well so it's like by Mm. the time because you just focus you know on the exercise like whether it's cardio if you're lifting you're very like focused on that Mm -hmm. and then that would i guess for me regulate the anxiety by the time i'm finished with that i don't feel the anxiety as much anymore Mm -hmm. or at all Mm -hmm. but then also like it releases endorphins on a physiological level it's also really great yeah yeah Oh, also going like going on a drive or to some place mm. like Wellington Point has always been like a good one to because it's a you know it's a considerable distance from where I live yeah <laughs> and from uni as well so like yeah I just need to go on a drive somewhere I think yeah. Yeah. um 
Yeah, and just like go out and then, yeah, it's it's one of those things now that like it's very difficult to do in in our current context.、Mm. Um, even though we've had restrictions lifted, it's one of those things that you're still mindful of、um, ensuring you know the health of not only yourself but for other people is utmost importance. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to do that in the future. Fingers、yeah. crossed. Yeah.、Um, there's one last thing here. Would you want to live without anxiety?、Mm. I would personally not, because it's again a survival thing. And I think that if、um, I like to listen to my body, so if I feel anxious, I know so, like I'm not comfortable with something, or、mm. like something's worrying, something's off, and that is the sign for me to evaluate whatever's going on. So if I never felt anxious, then I don't know what. I feel like I use anxiety as like a way to then reflect. Like if I feel anxious、mm-hmm. about something, that's when I really start looking at my own life and like what's happening.、Yeah. So without it, it just means I feel like I wouldn't reflect on anything.、And、I just do mm, things, and mm, it's like mm, mm. I don't feel anxious. So it's like I just keep doing these things and、yeah. like never, never questioning.、Mm. It wouldn't stop me from doing anything as well. So、mm-hmm. I think that anxiety helps me survive. Yeah. Stops me from doing and like we said,、stuff. it's like, and like we said, it's a baseline sort of thing. It's like, yeah, I think we all have a baseline,、um, and I would say that in response to that question, I also don't think I would want to live without anxiety、mm. because it has shaped who I am, but I have now been able to reframe it in certain aspects.、Mm. So that's to live without that anxiety. Is means me losing a way of reframing、um, my emotions to then push myself to do certain things.、Mm. Part of me has used anxiety in a way that is like fuck it. I want to you know just just you know, do something.、Mm. Um, has channeled that energy to actually be impulsive and do things that I don't think I would normally have done had I just、mm. let that. Um, sit there, yeah. Me buying into it, yeah. So living without that means I lose that coping mechanism or lose that strategy of reframing.、Mm. And what do I have now,、mm. right?、Mm. Um, yeah. So, I'm, but I'm also curious to know if people would actually say yes, they would want to live without anxiety. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering if it's because of your.、Um, If it's because of someone's diagnosis,、mm. medically diagnosed relationship with anxiety, yeah, if it's to the point, that would influence that decision, yeah, where they can't do you know things that they want to do, then、mm. I'm sure some people will want to live without it or like with a, a smaller level of it, yeah, so that they could go do because I guess we can still go do things like、mm. we have, we we are very privileged in the yeah, way that we haven't been to... diagnosed with it, yeah. But also, again, it comes down to the: Do you even want that label of the diagnosis?、Mm. Yeah, yeah. I always think about that. Like, I, like I said before, it could be useful for things like medication and rebates and、uh, like health benefits and stuff、mm. like that. But, but yeah, it's like: Do you want it? It's really a personal question. Yeah,、it、depends on circumstances、mm. as well.、Mm. Yeah, I'll be curious to know if there are people who are listening who would say yes to that question about、mm. living without anxiety. Yeah. Because I think that something that is important to acknowledge is that some people will just 
not want to have it mm. anymore because it's impacted them in such a way that is so negative yeah. that yeah they would just want it out of their lives so yeah yeah it's important to acknowledge that people will want to live with that anxiety mm. But, mm, so yeah any other questions or things that you think is important to unpack i think so i think this has been a good chat hmm i'd say too good, yeah good mm. time I guess in terms of, yeah, we might start wrapping up. Um, I'm curious to know if if listeners um, want us to unpack other sort of stuff, feel free to reach out to us. But also if you have thoughts about, um, you know, the questions that we all put up on socials or anything that you've heard us say, yeah, feel free to let us know as well. Yeah, Um, it'd be good to have a discussion about it. mm, It'd be good. mm. And I'm hoping, like, Maybe we'll revisit this topic um, post-COVID. Hmm. I'll be curious to know if we have any changes hmm. or, like, observations about what's happening for us post-COVID. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see what happens. But yeah. Hmm. I'd say it's been a good episode. Yeah, this was a good episode. It was a good chat. It was. So. Awesome. Awesome. We'll see you on another one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unpack This Brain. If you'd like to follow us, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Unpack This Brain. If you'd like to send us any questions, feel free to do so. Use the hashtag Unpack This Brain or send us a DM or send us an email, unpackthisbrain at gmail.com. This podcast was created by the lovely people over at Great Mates Podcast. Feel free to subscribe to any of our podcasts wherever you're listening. We'd also like to acknowledge the First Nations owners on whose lands we are creating this podcast.